You're listening to the Women Inspiring Women podcast. Each week, network marketing professional and mom-turned-entrepreneur Melanie Mitro gives you her tried-and-true tips for building a business from your kitchen table. This self-made millionaire went from a stay-at-home mom to the top of a network marketing business in just three years. She built an online health and fitness business from the ground up while raising babies and juggling being a mom and wife. Now she wants to help you become the boss of your own life. For blog posts, business tips, and more, check out her website at melaniemitro.com. Now let's get to the show. Here's your host, Melanie Mitro. Well, hello, everybody. It is Melanie Mitro, the host of the Women Inspiring Women podcast, and it is time. It is time for another episode where I am bringing you leadership advice, recruiting mindset, and everything that you need to be able to build a thriving organization in your direct sales business. And I have a podcast episode that I think is going to resonate with you in a big way. And this podcast episode all started from a question that somebody asked me on Instagram. I put up a question box a week or two ago, and I had asked people, what questions do you have for me? And I was actually asking about the Direct Sales Done Right Academy. What questions do you have about the Academy? And somebody asked me, Melanie, why do you think it is that you have been so successful? What are some of the contributing factors in your success? And I was like, wow, this is a great question. I'm really excited to to answer this. And I gave it a lot of thought. And then I thought, wow, this would make a really great podcast episode and a YouTube video. And so here I am recording this episode live and also on YouTube so you can listen, you can watch, you can share it because what I'm about to share with you and I've got my notes sitting right in front of me is really seven, seven key areas that I believe were instrumental in my success. And you know, in my direct sales, I have had I have had success that is and I can't even think of what the word is that the company will sometimes call it, right? So it is like extraordinary success, right? So it is the kind of success that you know, a very small amount of people achieve. And if you're a new podcast listener, you may look at my current Instagram and Facebook and not really know that I am in direct sales. I mentor women in direct sales. I run a company called Chic Influencer and we have courses and leadership masterminds. I have a rockstar recruitment course that helps you build your team. I do private coaching. We have an online community where we people can join as members and we give monthly training, support, and QA. And how I got to the place where I am today, where I run Chic Influencer, is because for the past 11 years, and still currently, I am, I have a thriving, very large organization in the health and wellness industry. And I started my direct sales business at the kitchen table of our townhouse. My boys were little. They were six months old and two and a half. My husband was working his full-time corporate career, leaving the house sometimes at six in the morning and coming home at six at night and traveling often. I was the sole, you know, caretaker of our boys. I was also in charge of all of the household responsibilities from the grocery shopping to the laundry to the dishes, keeping the house clean and running the boys to preschool and play dates and doctor's appointments and all that stuff that goes into being a parent. And I had this burning desire for something more. We were financially very much in a tight spot, in a tight spot that we had actually put ourselves in, knowingly going into this idea that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and I didn't want to work. 
I wanted to raise my boys. That's the generations that I come from of stay-at-home moms. And so that was always my dream. Matt, my husband, worked really hard to make that dream my reality. When I got into that stay-at-home mom life, I was feeling this discomfort that I couldn't identify at the beginning. And I knew that something was off. And it started really with my fitness. I realized that my body was not the same body that I was living in prior to having children. And I started with my my body and I started to get back in shape. And that's actually how I was introduced to the network marketing company that I'm a part of. And in that process, I lost a lot of weight, but I fell in love with nutrition. I fell in love with working out at home. I fell in love with this concept of online community and support because I'm a stay-at-home mom. Sometimes that can be incredibly lonely. And so I found this sense of purpose and community inside of this group, but I was also loving nutrition, cooking new recipes, cleaning up our family's meals and making the kids healthier options, reading nutrition labels. And I started to naturally want to share what I was doing with anybody that would listen. And as I started to lose weight and significant amounts of weight, people really began to say, how did you do it? Can you teach me how to do it too? And so I started the business. I started my my body coaching business in 2011 with the idea that I would help transform one person's life the way that I had been transformed. And as I started to show up for business calls, every Monday we would have these team calls and I would show up sitting at the kitchen table with my earbuds in, the you know my husband would be sitting in the other room watching TV, the boys would be asleep upstairs and I would plug into these team calls and I was enthralled by the success that people were having and they were building these businesses online through social media and at that time a lot of live events which we called shaken shares and we had all kinds of work group workouts together these fit clubs that you could do and so as I started to hear the success stories of other people this fire inside of me was ignited it was this oh my gosh, I want more for my life. I don't want to struggle. I actually loathe this feeling, this financial pressure. I don't want this. I don't want to live my whole life struggling. I was the girl that bought Glamour magazines and the Shape magazines and all those you know, 17, I'm really dating myself right now. And I would look through the designer outfits and how they were styling things. And I would, I would dream about wearing the designer clothes and the designer shoes and going to these amazing vacations. I'd always been that kind of a person that dreamed of the big house and the fancy things and the big experiences in life. I wanted more of that. So naturally, as I shifted out of my corporate career into stay-at-home mom. I shifted away from two incomes to one income. We were starting to feel this pressure. No wonder I was feeling this, this discomfort that I hadn't yet identified in my life. But as I was getting on these team calls and I was listening and I was hearing the possibilities, this fire was ignited. That's what I wanted. I wanted success, but I wanted success that allowed me to live the dreams that I had dreamt as a little girl. And also in that process, I realized how much I love working. And so all of this discomfort continued to build because Matt and I had just spent most of our, you know, seriously dating and married life talking about me being a stay-at-home mom. And now I was about to say, this isn't really what I want. And I didn't actually tell him at first. I pretended this is my fun hobby. This is just something I do on the side. 
But in reality, I was working the business like it was a full-time job. And I was creating so much tension in the Metro house because we weren't communicating. I wasn't communicating because I didn't want to upset him by saying that I wanted to actually work. But I wanted a big life. I did. And I wanted to help a lot of people. The two things on my vision board that I can remember from that first one that I created was I am going to transform the lives of 50 people. That was my big goal. And my second big goal was that we were going to buy a single family home because we were living in a very small townhouse that we were busting out of the seams. And I that was the first vision that I worked towards in my business. Now, what happened was that, yes, Matt and I had a really rough time that first year getting it together and getting on the same page with my vision, my goals, and the way our family dynamic was changing. It was very hard for us. We struggled a lot in that first year, but I was relentless. I was unwilling to compromise. Well, I guess I did compromise, but I was unwilling to really give up on my goals. And what happened is not only did I start a business, but I grew my business to the top team, the number one team in the network, one year, then two years, then three years, four years in a row. That has never been done in the direct sales company that I am a part of. And then I went on to be a part of the top 10. So the top 10, they go on these amazing trips and we have all kinds of great rewards and incentives that we get for being in the top 10 and lots of bonuses and perks that go along with that. And I did that for, I want to say, eight consecutive years that I was in the top 10. And I've also been in the elite part of the company for nine consecutive years in a row. And so what does that tell you? That tells you, if if you don't know the company's structure, I'll just explain it to you. That means that year over year, our team grew. Year over year, we developed more leaders. We had bigger organizational growth in the downline. And that really came from my desire to lead a strong and thriving team. And for me to not just stop when I achieved my vision, but to really say, how do I pass this down? How do I let and empower people in my organization to go on and live their dreams too? And so over the past 11 years, as I have really harnessed my leadership skills and my passion for marketing and organization and systems and processes. I have trained a lot of the network. I have helped develop some of the foundational practices that we use today to train the network. And so many people ask me all the time, how did you do it? How did you do it? And that's really why I branched off and created another company is because again, my, and I'm going to talk about this today, my servant heart just couldn't stay still. I knew there were other people that needed what I had to offer. And I wanted to share it because I never want success to just end with me. I want everyone, whether you are listening and you're just starting your direct sales business, or you're in a weird funk right now where you're trying to figure out what you want, or you're a leader that is emerging that is growing that is on fire i want i want you to succeed i don't i don't even care that you directly affect my income i just truly believe that network marketing is such an incredible opportunity i understand that it's not for everybody 
But if you are are somebody that is self-driven, is independent, is motivated, that doesn't want to wait for a boss to give you a raise, if you want to be in charge of that, then direct sales is just such an incredible opportunity to have even more control over your income potential and future opportunities. Plus, direct sales just makes you a great business owner. You can take everything that you have learned about direct sales because let's face it, you're the marketing department, you're the sales, you are the CEO of the company. Your email marketing, your ads, your customer service, you are retention, your leadership, you're all of those things. And you can take any of that and take that to any other ideas that you might have. And it really does give you a good foundation for which future success and ideas can be created upon. Okay. So I've talked to you quite a bit about my story. And now I really want to, I want to dive in. And I want to talk to you today about why do I actually think that I have been so successful? What are what are some of the reasons that I feel like success has been in my favor? So as I sat there thinking through what it was, like I said, I'm going to give you, you know, seven, seven different areas. And the first one is that, you know, I didn't wait. I didn't wait until I to till everything was perfect in order to take action. And what I mean by that is. You know, when I first started my business, I was a stay-at-home mom of two littles. And a lot of moms, I remember at that time, they were like, when my kids go to preschool, I'll have more time to build the business. Or I just had somebody in my inbox not too long ago say, I want to build the business, but I have to wait until March when my life slows down. And all I could think to myself was life never slows down. Never. Like once my kids went to preschool, I thought I would have more time, but then I didn't because, you know, I had a bigger team. Once my kids went to preschool, there were other things that were happening. So it wasn't that there is no waiting for the perfect time. There literally is no perfect time to build your business. So it's now, right now. It is a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to wait until I use the product for 90 days and then I'll start my business. No, start your business now and share the products as you're using them. Or I will I have to wait until I have been in the business for 90 days and then I'll start building a team. No, start building the team now because that's 90 days that have gone by that you weren't maximizing the opportunity that's right in front of you. So I don't overthink things. That is one thing that I do not do. I don't wait until it's perfect. I don't wait until the perfect time. I don't wait until I have all the details figured out. I just do it. Sometimes that's not always a good thing, but I've learned I've learned to take action, but be a little more reflective in the process, right? So that is definitely something that I've learned by working with my business partner. But still to this day, if we say we're going to do something, we do it. So for example, it's January right now. And I know that many of you have big goals for your direct sales businesses this year, right? And in order for you to get from where you are right now to where you want to be in December, we actually have to step it up. And we have to step it up right now. And that means we need to start recruiting. And we we don't want to just talk about recruiting. We don't want to just say, oh, I need to recruit. Oh, I need to run a better business opportunity. I want to redefine or redo my sneak peek or I want to redo my email sequences. No, we recruit now. We open up our calendar and we say, not in February, But in January, what is my date that I'm hosting a business opportunity? Because I know that many of you right now are like, this is my year. I'm going to build a stronger team. This is my year. Yet you're going to build a stronger team later because right now you're going to get your groups all organized. You're going to get your team page situated. You need to get your 
your people, in your organization, into training groups. No, the reason that you're in the spot that you're in potentially right now is because you keep talking about what you're going to do and talking about it doesn't get you results. That is probably one of the biggest challenges that people face is we just talk about what we're going to do. I can't stand going to meetings where all we do is talk about what we're going to do and the changes we're going to make. And we keep circling the mountain. And I'm like, goodness, I am not coming to another meeting unless we have an action plan and we're executing it afterwards. So as you're thinking about your business right now, what are the things that you need to do? If it is, I want to start a free group to grow a stronger customer base, then start the free group, schedule the first 10 posts, start inviting people to do it. Look in your time blocker, set aside time this week to get it done. Because talking about it, like I said before, is not going to make it happen. I am literally an action taker. The number one thing that I will tell you is I don't just sit around and talk about things. One of the one of the comments that I made to somebody in the past was uh, I had a friend of mine in the in the same direct sales company, and she was incredible at giving ideas. She had the best ideas, whether it was for trainings or groups or customers, but she never implemented them. And I would, we would sit in the same room and I, she would talk about what she was going to do and I would go do it. And she never did. And I loved it because I, my business exploded and I'm so appreciative to all the knowledge that she shared, but she could have done that too. And there was the difference. We both had great ideas. We both were really successful, but what made me that one step higher is I didn't just talk about it, but I took the action. I took it now. And my team laughs because I always say imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. So right now you need to just do it. What is the thing that you're currently talking about that needs to get on the calendar, that needs to be executed in January because you know that it takes time for that thing to come to fruition. Imperfect, messy, but I make decisions, I make them fast, and I implement fully. That's really important. I learn as I go, I improve the process, and if I see a gap, I fill it. So I'm taking messy action. I'm making decisions fast. I'm also thinking about my decisions. So I'm not being impulsive. I'm thinking about what I'm doing. I'm thinking about the steps of the process. I'm thinking about what success looks like. I'm just thinking through it fast. And I understand that no matter how well I plan for something, that there I will always make mistakes. So I just, I also know that. And then, and I accept that. And I know that every time I run a group or every time I run a sequence or a marketing campaign that I will get better at it. So that's really number one. I, I take action and it's messy action. Number two, number two, the second reason why I feel like I've been so successful is that I had a big vision. I have, I should say, I have a big vision that actually means a lot to me. I'm reading a book right now. It's called The Mountain Is You. It's such a good book. But even the chapter I was reading actually this morning was talking about how often leaders or individuals in, in business, we actually take somebody else's vision and it doesn't have any meaning to us. And my, my business partner, Katie, always talks about the time when she was on a team call and it was a vision casting call. And it was talking about, and the speaker was talking about her big vision of getting married on the Amalfi coast with this beautiful wedding party and the matching dresses and all the beautiful things that they were going to do and experience during that wedding. And 
she was like, wow, that feels great. And I can even remember some of the first vision boards that people in our organization made. They were full of things that were very robust, very over the top, very luxurious. And if you know my business partner, Katie, she she loves nice things, but she is not somebody that is just going to spend a ton of money. She is like very intentional. And also what she craves and loves is deep, meaningful relationships, hikes with her family, a cabin in the woods, right? Just quality time with, with her loved ones, a good book on the couch, a Jeep, right? So that when she was listening to that vision of the wedding in the Amalfi Coast and all the designer things, At first, she started putting like these big things on her vision board. I want this car and this house. And that had no meaning, which means that it doesn't actually propel us to take any action. And I see that at the beginning, when we're first doing our vision practice for the first few years of business, we tend to borrow other people's visions because we don't know how to ask ourselves, what do we really want? But we need to actually take a moment and say, what do I want, what do I want? And to be really unapologetic about it, to say, I prefer a cabin in the woods to a luxurious stay in Hawaii at the Four Seasons. It is, it takes, you know, a confidence to say, I prefer the ruggedness of, you know, a rustic cabin to the luxurious beach house. And not one is better than the other because we're all created where we have unique interests. So if you love to be in a cabin, then that should be what's on your vision board. If you love to be on the beach, then that should be on your vision board. If you love skiing, that should be on your, whatever it is that you want. So big vision for me, I had a big vision and it had a lot of meaning. So if I pull out my very first piece of poster board that I had created the vision board on, I wanted a single family home. I put a picture of the home that I desired. I wrote things on there like I wanted to take a vacation, a family vacation that I could pay for. I wanted to pay off our student loan debt. That was looming and hanging over our head until Landon, who is my oldest, is now 13, was going to go off to college. And I wanted so badly to be able to walk into the store and buy whatever it was that I wanted without having to panic that I was overdrafting the account. And so as I created my vision board, it wasn't somebody else's vision. It wasn't somebody else's yacht, somebody else's designer clothing, somebody else's designer cars. It was my vision. It was a vision that it hurt so bad not to accomplish it that I was willing to get uncomfortable, right, to do the action that was needed. And I did things like waking up in the morning and saying to myself, I am up, I am up, I am up. I am willing to do what other people are not willing to do so that I can have the life that people wish they could have. And I would drag, not drag, I would sloth myself out of bed at 5 a.m. in the morning drink my pre-workout, go down to our storage room in our basement, press play on my workout DVDs, stare at that vision board, that piece of poster board that with the cutout magazine pictures on my wall. And I would say to myself, I want that so bad. 
I want that so bad that I am willing to do whatever it takes. And I am willing to delay instant gratification for long-term success. And that meant like when you define what did that mean for me, instant gratification sometimes means I'm going to numb out and just scroll on social media versus creating the post that I should be posting on social media. Or I am going to do the laundry instead of sending my invites. Or I am going to rearrange my kitchen cabinets instead of inviting those people that I should be inviting to join my team. Instant gratification. Instant gra- it's it's what that thing that makes us instantly feel comfortable. That's avoiding the work. So instant gratification can be taking a nap. It can be sleeping in. It can be the laundry and the dishes versus the work. And so every day I was like, delay instant gratification for long-term success. I would watch people spending their paychecks like crazy on these lavish vacations and all these things. And Matt and I were over here saving our money, saving, investing, saving our money. He's like, no, Melanie, we can't spend money on that. Sure, we have money, but let's save it. Let's be smart about it. Let's make sure we prepare for our future. Do you know how many times sometimes I wanted to be like, ah, Matt, let's just spend some money. But here's the thing. I got a little off track there. But I was always delaying instant gratification because I knew where I was going. And over time, right, I got to a point where my business was thriving and all those people that had chose naps, that had chose to not work their business, that had chosen other things instead of doing work, I was now passing them. I was now surpassing them in income. I was surpassing them in rank. I was surpassing them in accomplishments. And it was only because I was willing to show up and do the work when it was uncomfortable, when it was not ideal, when circumstances, you know, maybe warranted you to check out. I leaned in and I kept that vision alive. So you have to look at your vision board and what you want for your life. And you have to say, does this have meaning to me? Do I want this? Is this what I want for my life? And Sometimes it's even envisioning the opposite. What don't I want? And envisioning yourself having to do that, having to keep working at a job that's sucking your soul or continuing to have to say no to vacations and dining opportunities and things that you could do that would create memories for your family. Sometimes you have to envision the opposite to make it so painful that you're willing to take the action. All right, number three. I talked about this already, big vision, but sacrifice. So here's the thing. and I already talked about this, but you have to say, what does sacrifice look like for me? Because we we live in a world where, which I think we're kind of swinging the pendulum maybe too far to the opposite. You know, 11 years ago, even for the past, you know, seven years, we were in this unhealthy hustle culture where everything was sacrificed. You sacrificed everything for your business and your success. And still, I believe that that is. You walk into corporate, you walk into certain positions and they'll sacrifice everything, their family, the people they love for their job, for their career, to climb the rank in the company. And yes, I believe that sacrifice is important, but sacrifice doesn't look the same for everyone. And I believe that in the past three years, we've actually swung the pendulum so far to the, I'm not going to do anything that makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to do anything that makes me feel like I am out of alignment. I'm not going to do anything that doesn't bring me joy. Listen, friends, you got to do shit that doesn't bring you joy. You got to sometimes do things that you don't love. There are going to be tasks in everybody's job that we don't love. And guess what? We're going to have to make the decision to do them anyways. There is going to be seasons in your business business where you are going to have to make some sacrifices. For example, 
between Christmas and New Year's, I we were launching the Direct Sales Done Right Academy. We had two webinars. And wouldn't you know, of course, my son's basketball games were also scheduled on the same day that we were doing the webinar. I wanted to be at his basketball game so bad because it was a tournament. But guess what? I'd committed to the webinar. I had committed to it. So instead of not going to any of the games, I was able to make one game. It was a little more driving for me, but I made it happen. I wasn't going to cancel the webinars or move the dates, right? People were counting on me. My goals were counting on me. So I had to sacrifice maybe being at one of my son's games so that I could continue to create the income I do so that I can be at everything forever as within reason, because I'm creating a business that allows me to really determine my own time. And sure, I made that sacrifice, you know, during Christmas and New Year's, but I also took that into consideration as we were planning for next year. How can we make sure that we're minimizing the amount of work we're doing that week between Christmas and New Year? So I always take things that happen or things I don't like. And I always say, okay, I made that sacrifice, but ultimately I don't know if that was worth it. Sometimes it will be, sometimes it won't, but we just don't keep making the same sacrifices again if they're not in alignment. Sacrifice for me, you know, first seven years of my business was getting up at 5 a.m. seven days a week. It was not taking naps in the afternoon. It was, you know, showing up and doing my work instead of watching mindless TV. It was my house not being perfectly decorated. We just sort of survived because I didn't have time. Every free minute that I had was spent on my business. So that's what sacrifice for me. And it's going to look different for all of you, for all of you, but you're going to have to make some sacrifices and you're going to have to be okay with that because you can't have all of it. We can't have this picture perfect life where we spend the right amount of time with our spouse, the right amount of time with our kids and the right amount of time in our business. And everything is like a 10 out of 10. That is unrealistic. Perfection is just not reality, okay? Number four, I lead people through challenge. So many leaders don't lean in when business actually gets hard. Most people actually crumble underneath of the pressure and they don't actually stand confidently and lead their team through challenges. When it gets hard, I lean in harder. So there have been a lot of ups and downs in our company in the past 11 years. What happens is when things go awry, leaders check out. It's hard. I can't deal with it. And they shut down. They don't lead their people. They go on defensive mode. And as a leader, it is hard to lead through a challenging season. But listen, your people want somebody to follow. Your people need somebody they can trust. Can your people trust you? What is your behavior pattern look like when you get stressed out? Do you shut down? Do you say, I can't handle this? I can't do this. This is overwhelming. Guess what your team is going to do? When when life gets hard, when they get stressed out, they're going to shut down. They will actually model your behavior, whether you tell them or not. So if you want a team that shows up when it gets hard, be the leader that shows up when it gets hard. It is freaking January right now. And you know what? It's hard. As a leader, sometimes it's hard. And what are you doing? Are you showing up? Are you directing them? Are you creating the onboarding systems and the recruitment systems? And do you have team calls? Do you have a team calendar? How are you mentoring your people? How are you in January setting the stage and the direction for where we should go? 
How are you making sure that things are simplified and that people are clear on what they should be working towards? So we've got to stand up and be leaders even when it is not all roses and butterflies. Number five, recruit. I recruited. Why was I so successful in my direct sales business? Why am I so successful in my direct sales business? Because I wasn't afraid to build a team. I wasn't. Did I know how to build a team? Nope. Did I have a background in marketing or sales or leadership? Nope. But guess what? I took action. I knew that the way I was going to really exponentially increase my wealth was to build an organization, not just of warm bodies, but an organization of like-minded women, of women that also had a dream of something more, of something significant, of a different change in their life in some way. Not the exact same, but they also had the same core values, the same work ethic, the same drive, right? And I wasn't afraid to put it in my calendar that I'm hosting an opportunity event to invite people to it, even if it scared the living daylights out of me, to then follow up with people, post about the recording that was available. I wasn't afraid of any of those things. And I did it. I did it the first month when nobody showed up and the second month when two people showed up and the third month when 10 people showed up. And guess what? I went from recruiting zero people a month to over 30 people a month and having a thriving organization of top producing leaders because I recruited. I wasn't afraid that I didn't know how to lead. I learned how to lead. We all learn how to lead. I read a lot of books, listened to a lot of podcasts, made a lot of mistakes, took a step back and said, how do I understand people and their personality styles so that I can mentor them according to their personality styles? Like I wasn't afraid to step in and recruit. And many of you, I don't think that is sinking in. You're talking about recruiting, but you're not actually recruiting. You're talking about wanting to build a team, but you're not actually building a team because you're not doing the things you need to do to get there, which shameless plug rockstar recruitment course is a course I created. It's probably one of my, it is, it is not probably, it is my most favorite product that I've ever created. And I encourage you to purchase it. I'll drop the link in the show notes, but if you want to know how to be a rockstar recruiter, you need to get into that course and do those lessons today. Don't think about it, just do it. All right. Uh, last two, six and seven, I showed up in the final hours where it counted most. This kind of goes back to leading people through challenge. But this, I showed up in the final hours. This is like finishing strong. I always talk about the fourth quarter is my sweet spot, but the fourth quarter is where you finish strong. So many people get three fourths of the way to a goal and then they don't push through to the end. They get tired, they get burnt out, they don't do the final push to get there. Show up strong in the final hours. The final hours could be the final hours of a day, the final hours of a week, the final hours of a month, the final hours of a quarter and a year. Do you show up in the final hours? So in business or in direct sales, we all have an end of the business week. So in the end of the business week for me is a Wednesday. So the final hours, though Wednesdays for 11 years, I was like, don't book anything on a Wednesday night. Those are the final hours of the business week. I got to help the people in my organization that are trying to get to their goals. Final hours in the month. There's a lot of times the final hours in the month, I'm helping people get to their goals. That is a job to do that I have in my direct sales business is to show up in the final hours and pull people to their goals, to show them why working hard towards a goal is important. Show up in the final hours when it counts the most. Seven, last but not least, it's servant leadership all the freaking time. I actually have that in my notes in big, bold letters. Servant leadership all the freaking time. I am always thinking about how I 
can be a better leader for them. I am always thinking about what do they need? How can I support them? How do they know that I'm always there for them? How do they know that I will support them, but I'm not going to carry them. I'm not going to drag them. I'm not going to talk them into their business. Anybody that has ever left my downline or organization, I do not talk you into staying. You've already made up your mind. I'm going to support you in your decision, whatever you choose to do. But if you want to build a business, I'm going to help you build a business. But I am not going to be a helicopter leader or mentor that is, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do your work? No. I am not, but I am going to show up and I'm going to serve you. And because I lead with serve, I, my, my, I am rewarded. I am blessed both financially and internally. I am rewarded right inside that, that is, brings me so much joy to serve other people. So I believe that servant leadership, doing things for people who are matching your pace and effort, I believe that showing up and saying, how can I serve you? What are your needs? Not, what are you going to do for me today? What are you going to do for me? Are you going to produce for me? Are you going to make me a big team cycle bonus? Are you going to hold your rank so I can get a matching bonus, right? Or I can get that quarterly rewards or I can earn that trip? Sure. Yes, that's great. Like I want all of those things. But I'm going to lead with how can I help you reach your goals? How can I show up and provide you support and mentorship and training and opportunities so you reach your goals? And naturally, as you're reaching your goals, I'm going to achieve the things that I want to achieve. And everybody wins. It's no longer about what are you doing for me? It's not selfish. It's selfless. Servant leadership has just made me the most incredible leader. And I will tell you, I am not perfect. I have tons of, I've made tons of mistakes. I've said the wrong things. I have many, many regrets in some of the ways that I handled situations. I just didn't know any different. I didn't, I didn't know any different. I was just doing what I thought was right at that time. And I've always learned from it. So here's the thing, as we wrap up today's, podcast episode. These are the seven things that I believe were were absolutely, they were catalysts in my success, in my significant success. And I believe that you can listen to this today and you can begin to make changes in your business. You can begin to make changes in the way that you approach what you do. It's entirely up to you, entirely up to you what that decision will be. But here's the thing. I believe that success is possible. And I believe that now is a pivotal time. We need to be out of the gate strong as direct sales, business owners, and leaders. We have got to take action on our goal. We can't just talk about it. We have got to put it in the calendar and do it. And if you are looking for mentorship, if you are listening to this podcast episode right now, at the end, this was a long one today, and you are saying to yourself, Melanie, I need you in my ear. I need you on my shoulder. I need your mentorship. Here is what I want to talk to you about. I have private coaching spots available. I actually only have two that are left for the entire, for the next six months. I only take a very small amount of private coaching clients at at any particular time. And I've got two available and I do one-on-one coaching where I will customize the program to fit your needs. It's for network marketing leaders who want to grow and scale their organizations. 
We'll create a customized approach. We'll have two sessions a month that will last an hour. You'll have access to me through a WhatsApp chat every single day uh, during that during that six month period. And I will hold you accountable. You can troubleshoot with me and I will help you take that vision and turn it into a reality by creating an actionable plan for yourself and also for your organization. So if you are interested in private coaching, I want to encourage you to fill out the application that is linked right in the show notes of today's episode so that you can be a part of my upcoming sessions that I'll be doing for private coaching clients. All right, you guys, as always, it is an honor to serve you on the Women Inspiring Women podcast. I hope you have a great day. Please tag me on Instagram when you listen to today's podcast episode. Tell me what you love most about it and share this with any other leader that could just use this advice as we go into the new year. All right, I will see you soon. Have a wonderful rest of the week.